My name is Inigo Montoya. Okay. It's actually Jared. <laughs> I'm Craig. Uh, my name is Michael. Let's roll this back. <laughs> yeah, let's... <laughs> viewing podcast from vancouver british columbia this is episode number 113 and my name is scott my name's jared my name's craig and my name is michael awesome number four damn are you the guest today i think so hmm weird interesting i just switched seats for anyone who yeah, can't exa- see what's exactly. happening that's that's <laughs> how that goes I, I just sat where i sat last time no you look comfy i don't want you to move on today's episode we're going to catch up on films and tv shows we've been watching before our featured review of Ghost in the Shell? Gits. What? We're watching Jits. It's a haunted seafood Ooh. restaurant. Actually, we're playing Foosball, a.k.a. Jits. Jitoni. Yeah. Uh, from director Rupert Sanders, who whose only other film is Snow White and the Huntsman. Did you guys uh, see that movie? I did see Yeah. That. How was that? Was that any good? Mediocre, we'll say. Uh, yeah, Inter- okay. it, it was passable. I think he's a visual stylist, yeah, right? Yeah, it had some cool looks to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. As does this movie, Jits. Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, if you don't know. Uh, you can subscribe to all of our episodes on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or the podcast software of your choice. But more importantly, you're heading over to patreon.com. What's Patreon? Slash vertical viewing. Well, Patreon is where you can go to become a lithium level subscriber, hydrogen level subscriber, helium, whatever you like. What we're, are those? Well, we're building the periodic table. You can you can help us with this scientific experiment. I can be an element? You can become an element. Listeners, you can be elements too. Mm-hmm. So you go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. Donate what you like. Uh, minimum donation, $1.00. You can help us offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, and uh, slicing the internet into little pieces of pie, just directly for your ear holes every week. Squishing them in there. And there'll be uh, some more exclusive content coming on Patreon Ooh, in the future yeah. as well. It's Extra true. flavors of internet pie. So right now, you can listen to the very first episode of Vertical Viewing ever from way back in December of 2014. Nightcrawler. It was pretty good. Bitcoin. It's a while ago now. <laughs> A little discussion about Nightcrawler and then Bitcoin for no reason. 
we talk we about fun. We talk about Bitcoin every week sometimes. Dogecoin comes up quite a lot too. So cryptocurrencies, you know. You're the only one that ever brings up Dogecoin. Well, yeah, we <laughs> don't accept it, but it's we talk about it anyway. <laughs> Who does accept it? I think uh, Wave Coffee downtown New, Vancouver. Yeah, newegg.com, I think. Like the computer. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, parts store. There's Tiger Direct. There's places that do. Everyone. Dogecoin. Not Doge. Tiger, like Tiger the dollar store. <laughs> yes. Uh, go to patreon.com. Everything and anything you can donate. Uh, it helps us keep the show going. And again, you get access to exclusive content that no one else does. Uh, we're thinking of putting up the Chappie review. Oh, that's a interesting one. I mean... I don't want to say good because... We had Sony thoughts. PlayStations and bike helmets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're thinking of doing exclusive stuff... Maybe even some swag, comics, a whole host of things. So uh, it all you, depends, kind of, on you. Listeners. Exactly. If if you want vertical viewing goodies or us to actually make new content, you can even suggest what we might review on weeks where there's nothing really good in theaters. So that's where you can do it. Verticalviewing.com as well. There's a donate button if you just want to be a simple one-time donation kind of person. Then hit uh, the PayPal donate. You know, it's easier. It is. Simple. But your monthly donation, totally cool. Yeah. Whatever works much, for much you. much more fulfilling, mm. I think. Anything <laughs> at all, though, it helps. Verticalviewing.com. You can send your thoughts and recommendations to verticalviewing at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at verticalviewing. You know what's lit is our Instagram page. It's not a page, right? It's an account that bam, is bam, bam. looking pretty dope to me, like visual styles you know it's all about having that branding looks pretty true tight kind of tight pretty good vertical viewing podcast on instagram check it out uh anything else no more housekeeping right uh we're not sponsored by casper mattresses no we're sponsored by our patreon subscribers (laughs) uh who are in our hydrogen Helium, lithium level, which is Marty and Chris. We thank them very much Thanks for their again, guys. monthly donations. Uh, they get a shout out in that lithium level subscriber. You know, they go on the That's wall. One in, of your in, perks in in gold, right? We will say your name. It's your, a, you'll be famous. It is written on the wall of our studio, the Nostromo Lounge in gold. So oh, you'll never you'll never see it. You'll never see it, but it's there. Uh, the show goes on, though. Who is going first? Who has seen some shit? What is happening? Red, what do you have? Something small? Oh, I've only seen one thing, so I'll just be really what quick. What is it? What's up? Um, I watched a few episodes of a recent addition to Netflix that I think is hilarious, and that is One Punch Man. Oh, this oh, is one yeah. of the things I was going to be talking about, too. <laughs> Mine, too. It is... You know, I had seen clips and I had heard a lot of people talking about it, uh, a lot about the ideas of this sort of um, bored superhero who's a hero for fun, but he's accidentally become far too powerful, so he has no worthy adversaries. And it's hilarious. We've mentioned this on the show before. It's it's come up before. but now it's really easily available for a lot of people being on Netflix. So if you have not seen One Punch Man, it's an, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's not a it's not a 
heavy time commitment either because it's 12 22 minute episodes or something yeah. like that I, I watched the whole thing over two days nice yeah it it would be easy to vertically view this series it's really fun uh it, it feels like a really good send-up of superhero you know cliches yeah, and stuff oh, like that sure. which is really what we need right now because i think everyone's growing tired of this bullshit so that is a cool connection because it actually made me excited for <clears throat> the tick to be coming out right, more is- of sarah finowich's uh I know they changed the costume, but they've been filming, so I'm excited because that show spoofs... The Amazon tick. It spoofs the superhero world. Uh, The idea in general, like the the character of the tick, and then the way that this new version of it, the pilot, is so awesome. I think that makes more sense right now. That's why Deadpool kicked serious smoke. Yeah. We're getting tired of just regular ass... Especially when it's dark and gritty. Yeah. We're done, right? Superhero movies have been taking themselves far too seriously. Yeah. So let's make them, but but let's make them rated R, though, at the same time. Oh, yeah. You need to be able to, like, make dick jokes (laughs) Mm -hmm. and show boobs and people's heads getting cut off. That's what Logan was missing was a bunch of dick jokes and (laughs) And some some guy getting paid. Him (laughs) saying bub. Yeah, I wanted Deadpool. I wanted Deadpool in there. Okay, well, that sounds pretty good to me. Um, One Punch Man is amazing. Yeah, uh, everyone should watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Just it, everybody. Freshly hit to Netflix. Yeah, yeah really fun. Uh, Craig, what do you got? Well, uh, like I already said, watch One Punch Man. <laughs> it it functions as superhero satire, but it also works as just straight-up crazy-ass anime stuff. Yeah, I love how the animation style just... Yeah, like de- in the fight de- scenes, it degenerates. gets super sketchy and it, looks like it's drawn with pencil crayons and things. Yeah, oh, it's really cool. Amazing. It reminded me sometimes of uh, Fooly Cooly. Yeah. You love that weird shit. Yeah. Um, also, I watched some more of Iron Fist, which is... Uh, yeah, how many episodes are you in now? I, I don't know. Maybe six, seven? That's good. that's good enough. You can stop. It's starting to pick up a little bit, but... I, don't, I have no how many minutes to total of kung fu have you got to see i feel like a lot but none of it is memorable yeah how many minutes total of good kung fu did we get to watch in that episode uh, that episode sorry that series i heard very little not a lot I, yeah. s- I saw a shot of him jumping over a taxi cab it looks ridiculous yeah that's in the very first like 10 minutes of episode one it looked terrible. Yeah, it, it's not good. Um, but also, Old Mystery Science Theater 3000 is on Netflix, and I am loving that shit. <laughs> Old, as well as new? Well, the, no, no one's the new yet. stuff comes out very soon. Coming soon, yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I also watched this documentary on Netflix. It's part of the whole Five Came Back thing, where the filmmakers yeah. went to World War II and came oh, back. Oh, yeah. And I started watching this uh, propaganda film about the Japanese called Know Your Enemy. And holy shit, that's racist. When was this made? Um, like 1943, if I remember oh, correctly. Oh, wow. That would be interesting. So, yeah, it's like all about, you know, the people of Japan. And it was, it was, it was shown to American citizens to be like, oh, this is who we're fighting. So it's really dehumanizing in every single way. That would be fascinating to watch because, yeah. like, this is what people were consuming back then. And it's, yeah, scary stuff. They didn't know otherwise. They didn't have the internet to say, this is another perspective on what the Japanese life might be like. 
this is they would have been like okay well that's uh did you hear that uh in japan uh yeah you know. and like a lot of it was focused on how they're all exactly the same they're all alike and they have footage of like Fuck. a mother receiving word that her son was killed and her face is just stone cold and the, the narrator is like Oh, this is what they're like. Not even showing grief or sorrow Damn. with discovering her son has been killed. It's yeah, that's pretty that's, easy. It's fucked up. Film. It, you can use it to mold people's brains however you want. Yeah, it's Seems. a really powerful uh, brainwashing tool. Isn't, uh, Super easy. I guess sort of related to that note. Isn't George Takei going to be doing um, a film or miniseries version of that play that he's put on about his time in the Japanese internment camp? I don't know. Yeah, Allegiance. I've heard really good things about it, but haven't seen it. I think he's working on uh, a film version of it now. Okay. Cool. That made me think of that. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's all good. What Uh, do you got, Mike? Or unless, Craig, what else you... uh, Just one more thing. RuPaul's Drag Race. (laughs) (laughs) If you're a fan already, you know why. Well, sell me on this. Everybody loves it so much. Why is it so good? It's just entertaining. It's drag queen. So, like, it's performance. It's costume design. And, you know, tip reality show cat fighting and stuff everything's turned up to 11 with it like it's nothing ridiculous nothing subtle but it's all also really subversive it's fantastic stuff but it, it's just your standard reality television reality competition yeah. show yeah, people get voted off and eventually there's a winner who gets like the hundred thousand dollar prize who uh who would be the judges on this show uh, rupaul. rupaul right rupaul okay that's a given uh, uh Lady Gaga. Uh, yeah, she was on there. Uh, the mm-hmm. most recent episode, the B-52s showed up as oh, guest cool. judges. Uh, with, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the singer for the B-52s. The I guy was... Fred something. Hey, there's a there's like an improv game I, that uh, the guys from... Six Degrees Silicon of the B-52s? Valley. No, the guys from Silicon Valley uh, were on Conan and they talked about a, an improv game that he created based on the the singer of of the B-52s because he's <laughs> so wacky and he dresses so crazy. So I should I should be the, the bottom line here is that I should be watching Drag Race. Yeah. It's give, pretty give it fun. A shot if, you know, you'll know right away if it's for you or not. Okay. Yeah. That's that's, that's an accurate assessment. Yeah. I I don't know if I will and I just mainly cuz I don't like reality shows. Me neither. Okay, yeah, that's but a lot of people just love this one. Yeah, like there's a lot of artistry and talent that goes into it. All right. Mike, what do you have here? Uh, well, I started watching Attack on Titan season 1 again just to get all caught up because season 2 has started. It looks cool, man. So episode 1, I believe, is streaming on the standard like Crunchyroll and Funimation, things like that. So I'm haven't watched it yet. I'm getting all caught up, and then I'm going to dive right in to season two of Attack on Titan. Uh, and I think I'm on a bit of an anime kick that happens from time to time, where I just say, okay, I'm just going to watch as much shit on here as I can. Does this have anything to do with us reviewing Ghost in the Shell? It might, actually. Okay. Uh, I started watching Naruto, you know, that big, huge franchise that is internationally renowned. I can't Naruto, keep... Naruto Shippuden? Yeah. yeah. I mean, how, is he any different than Dragon Ball? No, it's actually not very good. Um, mm. But I've been having it on in the background. 
A lot of people really like it. Kids run around the playground with their hands yeah. behind them. It's definitely, at least right now, because the characters are young, and I know the, the series evolves and they get older and shit. Uh, but right now, it's they're, they're kids, and Naruto's always like, yeah, I'm going to do this. You got to believe it, is like his, his tagline. It's like, you got to believe it. Like, Stop saying that after every thing that you say that's awesome um come on that's really you know a positive message like the kids love it as red said they're running around the playground are they summoning cool pokemon creatures is that what he can do i don't know they use uh he, he can summon duplicates of himself they do like oh, kung neat. fu powers it's like like okay. it's, it's a ninja anime ninja magic it's a ninja yeah. anime uh with a bunch of ridiculous ninja powers and the main character was a newborn when the hokage elders sealed a de- nine-tailed demon fox into his body so he's got these latent powers yeah uh it's just <laughs> yes it's not i think oh, I, I can't if I don't you want to watch a good it. like how how would you compare this to you know cabinary uh, of the iron fortress everything needs to be weighed against uh cora Oh, yeah, Korra is so, way better. Korra is kind of the best. Avatar and Korra are some of the best animated series of all time. Uh, and then I actually, I tried to watch, I, sometimes I try to watch shitty movies, and I, I might I might make it through them, I might not. Uh, I tried to watch Hirokin, The Last Samurai. Oh, shit, I tried watching that one. <laughs> That's the one with, um, I think I saw this Wes on Netflix, Bentley. right? Wes Bentley. What? Is like... Why is it the last samurai always a white guy? Yeah, of course. And it's uh, in space, right? Or like in yeah, the future? it's it's on a different planet. It's Ardonis or something, no, which is a lot kidding? like our our <laughs> or Arrakis, like because it's a desert planet as well. And is this <sighs> a joke? Are you joking? I don't know how this movie got made. There is not an original idea in that movie Who, anywhere. It, who's the famous person <clears throat> in it? It's Wes Bentley. He's homeboy who films from such f- films as filming the the plastic bag in American Beauty. Oh yeah, <laughs> isn't yeah. it the most beautiful thing <laughs> you've ever seen? Yeah, thanks, Wes. It's directed by Alejo Mosan. What? So they actually are on Mars and shit? Yeah, they're on some oh my God. alien planet. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> it's and he's the last samurai. You can't call it, it makes that sense. and go to Mars. Okay. It's full, worse full, than you think it is. Yeah, full disc- how, did you actually finish this thing? Oh, God, okay. No. Full disclosure, I only watched seven minutes of this before wow. I shut it off. Okay, I That's made it not very much. <laughs> can't bring, you can't bring it up on the show then. Well, I don't know. I just It's kind of a word of caution, really. <laughs> um, word of warning. If you see this, you're like, hey, that sounds like it could be okay. Or if it, you think it's, it's awesome, I want to hear people write in and tell me why I should watch I don't know. more than seven I f- minutes. I feel like I would be one of those people because I secretly love Gods of Egypt, even though it's a pile of shit i could i I could not do this at all uh and then did you do anything worthwhile yeah i played um dark souls 3 new dlc the ring and final no disc jam the send-off not yet the send-off to uh to dark souls 3 the ringed city uh which is a really really cool area it, it sounds very calming and pleasant super hard right it's uh, it's very hard, but it's a beautifully designed area. It's it's really kind of a greatest hits sort of DLC of Dark Souls stuff because the first section of the new area that you go to on your way to the Ringed City is a, 
combination of worlds you've seen in the past with these games. And the gravity's all messed up, yeah, right? The I saw that. Messed up. Looks cool. The first time you fall, you're like, oh shit. Oh wait, no, this is supposed. Yeah, you don't die and shit. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. yeah, that's all I've been up to this week. Nice. Uh, speaking of games, I wanted to, before I talk about what I watched, um, Tim told me about this insane thing today that I want to bring up on the show. Friend of the show, Tim. Good dude. We want him back. Uh, he didn't He didn't make it out to see Jits last night. Oh. He returned videotapes instead. Oh, he was returning VHS tapes. He, I, I, had, I've, I have a feeling I was returning videotapes that day. Um, but Tim told me about this thing. It's called Penn and Teller's Smoke and Mirrors. Do you guys know about this video game, this unreleased yes. video game for the Sega I CD? Never Desert heard of this. Bus. No. I'm going to talk about Desert Bus right now, if you guys don't mind. Okay? Lay it on me. <laughs> so, uh, famous magic duo Penn and Teller in the mid-90s, they wanted to release a video game that was sort of like push the limits and, you know, the definition of what gaming was and try to, like, make it less violent. Fuck Mortal Kombat. We're going to make a magic game that's, you know, really gentle and uh, kind of plays with the idea of what could be a game. Like, now you see me, the game. So Penn and Teller's Smoke and Mirrors is an unreleased video game initially planned for release on the Sega CD in April 1995. Okay? Sega CD went well. It, it had a bunch of different mini games built into it. The, uh, <laughs> nice, doing good. The, 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 the most interesting of which was called Desert Bus. Okay. So this game is essentially a, a a a bus ride from Tucson, Arizona to Las Vegas, Nevada, all in real time. And and there's like you you have to do it. There's no save, right? You have to do it in one go. <laughs> so and it's not wait, a short drive. <laughs> yeah. So Desert Bus considered to by Penn to be the quote unquote best part of the collection. Desert Bus is a trick mini game and a featured part of Electronic Gaming Monthly's preview. The objective of the game is to drive a bus from Tucson, Arizona to Las Vegas, Nevada in real time at a maximum speed of 45 miles per hour. The feat requires eight hours of continuous gameplay uh, to complete, and the game cannot be paused. Wow. <laughs> the bus contains no passengers. There's little scenery aside from the uh, occasional rock bus uh, or bus stop sign, and there is no traffic. The road between Tucson and Las Vegas <laughs> is completely straight. The bus veers to the right slightly and thus requires the player's constant attention. If the bus veers off the road, it will stall and be towed back to Tucson, also in real time. <laughs> uh, what? If the, if the player makes it to Las Vegas, one point is scored. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is this real? Yes. Holy shit. The player then has the option to make the return trip to Tucson for another point, and a decision which must be made in a span of two seconds, or the game ends. <laughs> what? Oh. I, who the fuck came up with this idea? Two Penn seconds. And Teller. Penn and Teller. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and what do the points do? Players may continue to... Uh, <laughs> well, clearly, you go for the high score. Players, players may continue to make trips and score points as long as their endurance lasts, although the landscape never changes. An insect splats on the windshield about five hours into the first trip. On the return trip, the light fades with differences at dusk. Uh, the later, a pitch, back, pitch black road 
the player's guided only with headlights. So you get to you get to drive back to Tucson to get another point. So you can get two points in this game. So this was a meditation on the pointlessness of video games then, and that people just waste their lives playing them. Is that what this is no, supposed to be? It just or was like it's pen- the best bust sim <laughs> ever made. He 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 wanted to demonstrate that not all video games were violent, and you know in 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 defense of the the art form or whatever. I'm not sure I would but call that a video game. It's not a good job. It's not a good response to the criticisms that they've voiced because well, all video they, they wanted to blanket sort of just video games in general were vile were violent like Janet but, Reno and yeah, stuff. But you can make their you can make a game, but like they've made it impossible. Eight hours of not pressing pause. <laughs> Can we do a vertical viewing live stream of this and we swap out? Can people, we swap people? People do that. There are year, like yearly charity events where people will live stream themselves playing Desert Bus. It has wow. this bizarre cult following around. And it. what do they do if they like, like what? Just like they take donations. And I have to take a play piss. Desert you bus. have to pee. You got to tag out or something. Yeah, someone has or to like drive for you. Exactly, it's like a real bus. How okay? much? Yeah. How, how how severe is the pull to the right though? Because if you can hand off and you have a good like ten second window before you're off the road, no problem. But if it's like <laughs> one or two seconds and you're off the road, we got an issue, guys. Um, yeah, guys, desert bus. I- I'm keen to try crazy, it out. I'm, crazy. I really want to see what this thing is. Just but, watch a YouTube playthrough. Yeah, there's people beating it online. You can watch it. Uh, it's it's hard to find, obviously, because it's on Sega CD, but it's not even an officially released game. So, so the only, good luck. The only thing more pointless than playing this game, in my mind, would be is watching, watching somebody play, play this game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Red is rubbing his eyeball out right now. Yeah, I'm, it's itchy. <laughs> you, you good? Or, yeah, I'm all right. Um, so what did I watch? I watched the movie Trance from 2013. Have you guys seen this movie? Uh, Directed by Danny Boyle. Is it about trance music? No. But you'd think with Danny Boyle being the director, you think it might be about trance music. You know? Maybe. He, he, likes, Maybe. he likes that kind of shit. Fast music? No, guys. Trance is a movie starring James McAvoy. He plays an art, uh, an art house, an art auction house. Security chief, I guess is what you would call him. An art auction so, house security chief. So basically, uh, at this uh, you know Sotheby's kind of place in London, they're auctioning very expensive pieces of art, and he is the security chief in charge of any sort of potential wrong. Like in in case of emergency, in case of heist, I am the guy. James McAvoy. Yeah, I, I am the dude who basically, uh, you know executes the entire safety contingency plan with this vault in the back. I steal, you know, take the painting out of its case, throw it into this time vault, everything like that. Uh, The problem is, the beginning of this movie, he gets clunked on the head during an attempted robbery, and his memory gets lost. Uh Uh-oh. But he's in charge. This doesn't sound familiar. When Vincent Cassell, our uh, enemy number one, takes the painting out of its casing back at the hideout. What? Empty. Does he only play villains now? Yeah, I think so. So basically, the the, the plot of this movie involves trying to... uh, James McAvoy now has amnesia, and we are trying to hypnotize him into revealing the location of this painting, which he's stashed somewhere, but he can't remember because he's been bashed on the head. Um... I swear I've seen this movie, but I don't remember anything about it. The Thomas Crown Affair. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of it's kind of like 
Yeah, Thomas Crown Affair, but if somebody stashed the painting and didn't remember where it was, right? So they they had to... This movie leans into hypnosis in a ridiculous way. Like, like as less a, or more effectively than Get Out. Way worse. Like, this, this thing treats hypnosis as if it's this magical spell that you can cast upon somebody. Mm. Rosario Dawson plays a, uh, a hypnotist and uh, she she basically puts James McAvoy under her spell for the entire movie. And what starts off as like a cool sort of like train spotting psychedelic, it's almost like the beach a little bit, um, turns into a fucking disaster, man. As soon as James McAvoy's memories become trapped in an iPad app, uh, no, what? no, no joke, fellas. Then this sucks. This movie takes like a fucking nosedive. Um, Are they actually trapped in an iPad app, or is he hypnotized so yeah. that he only gets them back? When yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like an iPad app, literally called Trance, and like it's you're in a trance, but if you want to snap out of it, load this app up, and you can reveal the truth. Oh, it's an alarm clock. You know, it, this movie makes no fucking sense. And I saw this in the theater back in 2013 when it came out. And Rosario, there's a scene, invo- I'll just say this. There's a scene involving Rosario Dawson and a pair of hair clippers. A pair of hair, like, you know, like buzzers. Mm-hmm. Um, clippers. Clippers. One of the most awkward, awkwardly hilarious scenes I've ever watched in like a dramatic movie. And, and... The theater was howling with laughter and completely unintentionally. E. This scene is, it involves graphic nudity, I will say, but it is embarrassingly ridiculous. Did you watch this in a theater? Yes. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you want to watch... me intrigued. If you want to watch a, a Danny Boyle movie go fantastically off the rails... Uh, Trance is is the one for you. There's Vincent Cancel. There's a dream sequence where his half his head is completely blown off, and he's having a conversation with James McAvoy with like half a head. It, this movie is super, oh, okay. like super psychedelic. That sounds I, like the kind of non-violent scene Mike Mike would love. Um, yep. But I mean, the the ending is incoherent. This thing spirals into a fiery train wreck, and that, that's too bad because I usually like Danny Boyle. Yeah, and and this thing, I I. I, I passed over it when it first came out and I really wanted to give it another shot as like, maybe this is some sort of cult thing that people overlooked. No, no, no. not so much, <laughs> but, but check it out though. It, it is trippy. Like it is a fucked up trippy movie, but it doesn't work worth seeing once. Yeah. Trance man. Cool. Um, anything else? Mm, I don't know, guys. You, you said you're saying that like there might be something else. Uh, yeah, I watched Lone Survivor, directed by our boy Peter Berg. Now, Lone Survivor is the Mark Wahlberg as well. So this would be part one of their like true life trilogy that I we think, just completed. I think that I I have this and I'm waiting to watch it. Um, so this Lone Survivor stars Mark Wahlberg, uh, Taylor Kitsch, Ben Foster, and Emil Hirsch, like a four team wow. seal. Uh, operation deployed in the mountains of afghanistan to try to take out a couple of dudes you know only a couple of those guys strike me as seals yeah you don't think so emil, emil, hirsch? emil hirsch is really brutal he doesn't he doesn't even look good he's kind of like no does not look like a navy seal and they open with this training montage of these tough as nails dudes 
Emil Hirsch, you're not one of these guys. <laughs> uh, but Lone Survivor, a.k.a. Bullet Sponges. Because <laughs> um, these guys get shot like 500 times and just keep rolling. I'm guessing you guys haven't seen no, Lone not Survivor. Yet, not yet. It's, it's typical. Are, pe- spoilers? No, I'm not going to give any. It, it's okay. a decent movie in terms of just straight action. Uh, I like this sort of idea of sort of like Black Hawk Down where you have one mission and it's sort of about one mission that sort of goes awry and like let's just get at like it's more of just a survival movie not like a war you know we're not hopping between battlefields in this big complicated mm-hmm. yeah it tr- makes it more real more, yeah more uh human that's like that's why i like black hawk down a lot it's it's just this mission went to shit and we're just trying to get the fuck out of here it's it's not any more complicated than that we're not trying to kill anybody um it's not the a-team yeah this this thing is it's sort of a similar idea. They're trapped on these mountainsides on uh, above this town, and then they come across a bunch of goat farmers. Fuck! Are they goat farmers? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they like sort of hold them, and they actually get into a decent discussion amongst the the, the crew about like the nature of war and like the rules of engagement, um, and like what is fair. Like, why don't we just kill these people right now? And they're like, well, this is illegal, you know, and then there's, well, I know it's illegal, I don't give a fuck, I'm doing it to protect each other, like, they don't care about the rules of war when it comes to just protecting each other, Mm. like, they're willing to commit a war crime, not on behalf of, like, their honor or duty, it's literally because they love... It's not for their country, it's It's for their brothers that they're, they're fighting with, which is an interesting idea, like, that's what that's what being on a battlefield sort of comes down to. It doesn't come down to doing it for your country. It's doing it for being the stuck behind enemy lines anyways. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it for the other people that, that you love that are with you. Great tension. Um, but like it's hard. I want to ask you guys something. Um, like no matter, can you make a movie about American contemporary war and not have it feel like a recruitment video? Like jingoist. Is that is that even possible? Because mm. the more the, the the better you make it, the more well made and compelling it is. The more it feels like a recruitment video that's trying to push buttons. So it, it, you're kind of fucked if you want to make a movie about any type of military action in the last like twenty years. You Maybe since to, post, if it's I after think, September 11th and it's about uh, the American military. It's you, just inherently political. Yeah, well, regardless of you, which way you lean on war, it's, yeah. You'd it, need to make some, some you, movies about, like, missions that look cool but that it fail entirely and no one survives. Or you'd have to look at... That's make, almost what this is. We have one guy who comes back, Mark Wahlberg. But he it looks so cool. Like, he looks so cool. Like, maybe. you need them all to die. Or you need um, that, like, shows that some of the missions are that, you know... Not all the missions are actually cool. And, Do you ever you watch? Know, we blow up schools and stuff sometimes. Mm, yeah, that. <sighs> like, is it possible to tell that story from a neutral viewpoint? That's what I want to know. I don't. I think don't think it so. Is. The Brink. Uh, and it's not compelling. Have you seen The Brink, the HBO series? No. Kind of hilarious. It's all about trying not to start a war. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Greg Kinnear? No. no, Tim Robbins. That yeah. Okay. And Jack Black actually. Hmm. But it's the it was renewed for season two and then a week later canceled. 
yeah, I, I remember this. Yeah, we, I remember like, talking oh, about this. Like what? The yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, it, it just to me, Peter Berg runs into this issue a lot, and I feel like it's it's his choice to make these sort of politically charged to choose these topics that are kind of charged. Yeah, I don't but, like his choices anymore. N- n- no, but you He's can't got a pattern. You, yeah, you can't deny his talent. Like he, this Lone Survivor is is one of the best sort of just straight action war movies I've seen recently. I think it's actually unbelievable squandered talent though, because if he can do this so well, what else could he do? Stop doing just this and don't use it as such. He's using it as a crutch because yeah. he, he can make these successful movies. But what else could you do? He could do, do Battleship. Do something create. You do something really creative like Battleship. I know. Like it's so good. Like I, I, you're you're leading me into it, and you know that um you know that you, you know the truth. Does that Battleship's about war? Does that make <laughs> it look? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Guys, oh. I I just I feel like he's a yeah as you said it's squandered right he's he's a great director that is is wasting his talent on making what amounts to propaganda I guess Deepwater Horizon is his least politically charged you know recent film it does kind of distract from the issue that resulted from I guess the BPO spill like yeah. it does kind of say that the live the human lives are worth more than the millions of <laughs> barrels of oil spilled into the Gulf. I mean, I'm not saying that I agree or disagree, <laughs> but I mean, it's just worth saying. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, guys, Lone Survivor. If you, if you want the best rolling down a mountain sequence in the history of film, like bar none, beats Hot Rod, just kicks Hot Rod's ass. Are you counting the about, Jackie Chan movie where he's inside one of those balls oh, rolling one down of those a hill? Zorbs? What about Princess Bride when he throws himself down the mountain? Yeah, no, this kicks its ass. <laughs> I swear to God, maybe about four to five minutes of screen time in Lone Survivor is just shots of guys going like, whoa, <laughs> like just snapping trees and breaking bones and smashing faces off rocks. You could make a montage from this movie. You, it's crazy. People and and falling down mountains. Dude, it's the, they're the most brutal hits ever. And these guys are bullet sponges. They're taking bullets and smashing their faces off rocks and I'm to believe that they're still going. Uh, yeah, believability stretched beyond its limits, guys. Well, they're they're seals, man. Uh, and then of course we have Navy to, seals. Yeah, not, yeah. Uh, they're not like actual seals. They've yeah. been clubbed their whole life. They can take <laughs> Shit. the hit. Yeah, it's in typical uh, Peter Berg fashion. You've got like the the last ten minutes of the movie is just memorial photos of the real people and stuff. Of course, like, yeah. He, he he's really becoming formulaic with like his just memorial films that are i don't know he's, i don't know he's what, aiming yeah. it's pretty obvious where he's aiming you know right square at the old ticker right at he's pluck trying to pluck those heartstrings but if you can see him standing there aiming at you it's less uh <laughs> yeah this movie doesn't work guys that's it for me i, I rewatched ghost in the shell 1995 but that was a good idea we can talk about that when we talk about 2k17 jits which makes sense. What do you, yeah. what Scott is referring to is the 2017 remake, The Ghost in the Show, that we're going to talk about right now.
There's an echo box up here. Someone's scanning data traffic. Let's see who's worth this kind of surveillance. Accessing hotel security network. Got it. 43rd floor. Someone contact the president's staff. Someone's watching him. Dr. Osman, what is it you want from us? I think it's more about what Hanker Robotics can do for you. 73% of this world is woken up to the age of cyber enhancement. You really want to be left behind. My people embrace cyber enhancement as do I. There's no one who really understands the risk to individuality, identity, messing with the human soul. So that was a clip from Ghost in the Shell. In the near future, Major is the first of her kind, a human saved from a terrible crash who is cyber-enhanced to be a perfect soldier devoted to stopping the world's most dangerous criminals. Okay. What? That's a little misleading because there's lots of cyborgs in this. Yeah. This is RoboCop. What? That doesn't sound like Ghost in the Shell. It's RoboCop. This movie was directed by Rupert Sanders, and it stars Scarlett Johansson, Pilu Azbayek. Nice. Takashi Kitano, a.k.a. Beat. Beat Takeshi, uh, my favorite. That guy's awesome. Juliette Binoche, who I thought was actually pretty good in this movie. She played Dr. Ouellette, yeah. like the older uh, doctor lady. Michael Pitt, kind of scary. Uh, that's about it, guys. Ghost in the Shell. Here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Been waiting for this for a while. Yeah. Anticipation was great. So when going into this, you thought that this, your your expectation was actually pretty high. Well, my my anticipation was high. My expectations. Different things. I kept. How are those different? I was excited to see it, and no matter what, much of it. Okay. Okay. uh, I didn't expect too much, Um, but it was pretty good. I uh, I really liked it actually. Okay. Um I think there there were some problems. But other than really ham-fisted use of the term ghost and shell in the dialogue constantly. <laughs> yeah. It was as bad as the fell in Warcraft. Um and I think some adjustments to things later in the film that we'll probably talk about after we get to spoiler territory. Um I think that it looked really cool. Yeah. Like, really, really beautiful. I think the composition of all the scenes was really well done. Um, I thought it was well acted. I thought that Major walked really funny, uh, <laughs> but like a robot would. Yeah, that was a very conscious decision. Yeah. Um, and Just really goofy, but not really, you know, aware of... You know, like does, she doesn't she doesn't give a fuck? She's just very balanced. Like you're definitely not going to knock her over. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> She's not one of those like uh, fucking DARPA robots that they're like all those names. They're, like, they're just kicking the back. Yeah, they're, they're, they're kicking those weird dog robots. They're just like whoa, whoa. Yeah, she's not. She's got a good center <laughs> of gravity. She's probably got some gyros or something. Yeah, I don't know. You see, you see her being built, but it's all just fucking circuitry and milk and. Fibers, 3D printing. Well, yeah, kind of Westworld like. And a little bit. A little bit like that. Here's the issue she was consciously walking this way to be more robotic, but we, in the very opening scene, 
everything looks very organic and synthetic in a way that it's mimicking the body that it is now. It doesn't look like it would move like a robot. So I'm concerned. Yeah, like she just... Like, why she why walks, did she make this choice? She walks with the gait of like a, almost hunched over like... Um, she looks pissed off all the time. <laughs> like she's been doing a whole lot of like chest exercises and shoulder exercises but not a whole lot of back exercises she's like her, she has yeah, a stiff she's back curl, she's curling up she's got a mad forward lean going like an angry toddler yeah, yeah. oh that's perfect <laughs> Craig what did you think of this movie uh, well <laughs> yeah <laughs> first we have to get into my expectation and anticipation yeah I like this conversation because to do this right we have to start with the original 1995 animated film of the same name which i love Mm -hmm. and yeah most of what i liked about this movie was stuff that was taken just whole sections from the original yeah yeah the the visual design the color palettes the shot for shot yeah the camera angle shot for shot yeah 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 all the good stuff was taken directly from there it's almost like they took a blender and just threw in all of the original Ghost in the Shell, the Jits ingredients, and just said, hit the remix button, liquefy, let's see what pops out of the oven. I think they tried to take some some parts that they knew that had been established as, you know, picture or painterly or, you know, the really beautiful, really effective uh, things that they knew they could do on screen, perhaps more effective uh, with live action or with new technique in animation, um, I yeah, agree. Like it's yeah, it's a it beautiful, amazing. beautiful movie. Yeah, yeah I, I just feel like they're taking the most immediately recognizable bits of Ghost in the Shell and just saying, okay, you need the part where they're fighting in the river in the invisible suit. Got it. Okay, but even but even non mo- major moments like there's a scene at one point in the movie that takes place in a in a, an apartment in a kitchen over a pot of tea and just like the steam from the kettle and you know the orange of the sky and the different rooms the lighting in the different rooms it's all beautiful and it's just a simple conversation that takes place very little dialogue you like that but but it's memorable just it looks so good we can get there mike what'd you think of this thing oh i was disappointed this was kind of a zero ten zero for me because i was worried uh with the embargo dates for the reviews where they just hadn't sent reviewer copies out being so close to the re- release date, that's usually not a good sign. But then they started to come out and Rotten Tomatoes had it at like 62. I was pleasantly surprised. Like, okay, this is gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. You were watching this like I, a hawk. And then I woke up really early one morning cause I couldn't sleep and it was at 72%. Like, yeah, was so worried this about is Ghost awesome. He couldn't sleep. I'm so happy. This is going to be great. And then four hours later it was at 49 and I think now it's at 42 or 41. And it's like, Oh, Oh shit. So then I went and watched the movie. Here's what I thought. Good. Don't let Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> decide for you. Uh, I agree with everything that's been said about the visuals of this film. There's a lot of pretty things that happen on that screen. I found the blat- blatant copying, which like it's not homage if they do it for half the movie. It's, it's remake. Well, it's not a remake either. This is a remix. <laughs> it's, it's basically a live-action remix. I found if they'd done a couple of... S- 
shots, a few scenes um, that way. It's like, hey, here you go. Here's our nod to the original. You're welcome. Uh, I would have been fine, but because they tried to copy so much of the original, it sort of hit that Beauty and the Beast note for me where why am I even watching this? I might as well just be watching the superior original version. And then you notice things that you maybe wouldn't normally because you're so used to seeing these scenes that you watched before. So let's take her jumping off the building at the start, for example. Iconic. Iconic shot. Her falling down uh, after she jumps and going invisible. Doing the John Cena. Cool. Boom, boom. And she gets into the hotel room or high-rise room, whatever it happens to be, to save the day because she's attached to a friggin' rope that lets her swing into the window. In this movie, she just jumps off a building. She's not attached to anything. Yeah, how does she There's do no that? way for her to get into the building. Maybe, maybe the rope was invisible. Well, no, she had nothing attached to her. All that matters is that we get a sweet profile shot of the glass shattering into the frame in slow motion and her just fucking ghosting her way through the... I, I, I love the way that the invisible... What is it? The thermoptic camo? Yeah. Like, she sort of... Shimmers in and out of... Yeah, the way like, that she bounces... Like a YouTube it. artifact. <laughs> yeah, she kind of artifacts her way across uh, across the wall and fucks your head up with a weird digital... I don't know. Does she summon the bullets out of the internet? Uh, no, that's, no, just that's a just actually gun. Gun. That's ultraviolet, actually. That is a, with the flat space technology. <laughs> yeah, um, so a lot looked really cool. I, I did think the acting was overall pretty good. Uh, it's just... The one thing that this movie suffers from is a terrible script. Like they <clears throat> terrible. They I think so too. They were trying wow. to they were trying to take stuff from Standalone Complex and the other miniseries that were created after the fact uh that fleshed out Major's backstory a little more and implement it uh and integrate it into this classic story. So they've replaced characters with different ones to try and make that work and that just I think it's it loses super awkward. Yeah, it loses a lot of what it's trying to say that way. Oh, and this, I think that the the script from the original 1995 movie is so good, right? The, yeah. Is the, there a manga that accompanies the film? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was manga like the, first. Yeah. And how close is the film to the manga? Um, pretty close. It's but not the manga bad. has has much more in mm-hmm. it. Yeah, the manga has that crazy graphic sex scene that was yeah. cut out of the North American version of it, yeah, actually. Yeah, they're, they're just suntanning <clears throat> in the American version, but in the original, yeah, it's a full-on, like, lesbian orgy. Oh. It's, uh... Yeah, they've tamed this one up. It's PG-13, obviously, and Scarlett Johansson has a weird... She just, has no nipples. She's not a naked body, she's like... like a Barbie body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense if we're going PG-13. That's what a lot of people... I remember when Ghost in the Shell came out, um, the original is not a PG. No, it's not. But this one, they had to water down because I remember when the first one came out. When I admitted to people I was watching it, they would they would look at me like I'm looking at like hentai. You're watching like, porno. You're watching porno. Yeah, that there was an element of that in the '90s where any any type of anime was unacceptable. It was seen as kitty porn, no, weird cartoon shit. Why? It's it's interesting that you know, especially today this movie had to be remade as a PG-13 when movies are getting, you know, the higher ratings, R's and and that sort of thing. When it should be, like, the original was an adult-oriented... Yeah. What, like, what have they done to this thing? You know? Well, I think this is aimed at, you know, the, the 15-year-olds. Yeah. 
It well, is. That's, that's stupid. Like the, the anime nerds out there. The, the, the Matrix was rated R, right? Was it? I believe. Was it? I, I believe it was, so. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was. I think it was 14A in Canada. I don't know. I think I think the I think they were all rated R just based on the amount of bodies that get hit with leather. bullets. Yeah, and, and leather and the amount of leather butts that you see. But it's not overly graphic in any way. I, I agree, but well, the I, whole rating system is fucked. Like yeah. how many murders you can see, but you can't see a dick <laughs> or a pussy. <laughs> Like it's true, they really have on. that backwards. We all have them, but nobody can see them. No, you can. I see can watch the... you get cut into little bitty pieces. That's fine, uh, guys. I did not like Ghost in the Shell, but when I walked out of it, I did. Uh oh, huh? what? But can then, you elaborate? But then, fifteen minutes later, I kind of didn't, and half an hour later, I kind of didn't mourn. Today, I don't at all. Yeah, I, I went. I, I, I was up and down on it too. I don't think it. I don't know. I think it feels good to watch because the the visuals are are dazzling. They're they're almost unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, they're almost overdone. I would argue to to a point where I mean, at the end, I felt fatigued on the amount of. 3D advertising and and crazy goldfish that were swimming into my face. Like I felt. Uh, I mean, just it was just the visual effects artist just going fucking nuts on this city with future shit, just neon the shit out of everything was, was well, the only direction they were given. That'll probably, I mean, it, I didn't think it was outlandish. I mean, is that the world that we're gonna he, we're heading think, into? Think you go to Times Square, and that's sort of what it already looks like. I don't know. It and seems I, a natural progression. I, yeah, fair enough. It didn't seem yeah okay out of it. Um, out of the realm of possibility for that time, but so like unlike the original movie, um, Ghost in the Shell twenty two K seventeen jits centers on cybernetic revenge, right? As you said, or what? Cyborg justice. Cyborg justice, <laughs> um, and how the major is the first of her kind. Do you do you guys think that this is? A wise decision to make. Like this is not what the original film. No, she, not she, at all. she is not unique, as far as I can tell in the movie. Um, or is she? In the original, are you asking? The major is just another cyborg. She's a cybernetic cop who just kicks some ass, right? No. Um, in the original, uh, she, yeah, she is a cyborg cop, and she looks like a lot of other cyborgs out there. But she's got like the special enhancements because okay. she works for Section Nine. But she's not the first yeah. of her kind, right? No. We we open. There are lots. There's, I think one of the questions in uh, there's a an anal or analogy or I don't know what you call it, um, but it's the ship of Theseus. I think is something that comes up when you're talking about the original, mm. which is like when the idea that you know if you go on a long voyage with a, a one ship. And it, you have this, it, you could call it whatever you want. Um, as you go along the way, certain parts will wear out and be replaced. You know, and eventually, if the uh, yeah. voyage is long enough, then every piece will have been worn out and replaced. And do you, is it still the same ship? Mm -hmm. And that's like, if you get all these enhancements, at, you know, over the years, and you get this upgraded and that enhanced and this upgraded and that removed and replaced and upgraded. Like and how much of you is human? When, when do you stop being you? And that's what the ghost is in reference to right like they talk about if you still have as long as you have your ghost you're still you yeah and this movie feel it feels like the new film stumbles anytime it starts 
you know, approaching any of these philosophical topics. It just doesn't, it just fumbles them and doesn't know what to do. The writers don't know how to write people talking about it. No, like they, the dialogue they, they feel, is not very good. They, they feel very shy of, of, of having the characters wander into any of those conversations about, you know, existence of, you know, humanity and what it means to have consciousness. Like, they just don't even want to go there. I don't know. I, I would have to disagree with you guys. I don't think that the con- conversations about it are explicit in the first one. I think it's not written as deftly this one nearly but it's done with pauses and silences like the kitchen conversation you love that shit that's a terrible scene or not just that but you know there's conversations between i don't want to give away like plot points (laughs) but there's conversations between characters that involve a lot of questions and you know unsure pauses and 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 okay you know question just people wondering what you mean (laughs) I don't want to give any of the movies. Okay, um, but I, I just think that like ra- like ra- I don't think it's poorly done. I just think when like the original is focusing on s- so much bigger questions, and this one is just straight. Who am I? R- no revenge on sort of from the from the antagonist. Well, and and, and that. Yeah, not to give anything away, but th- this is a much more simple plot of shady corporation uh, does shady stuff and. Let's get revenge on them. It's much simplified, I think. Yeah, the original Ghost in the Shell is has nothing to do with any of that. It like the 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 manufacturer of the major doesn't even come into play. Like we don't even like literally who who built the major is not even relevant to any of the plot at any point. Yeah, like I I watched the original this morning just so I would have you know fresh thing in my mind to compare this against and. Yeah, just the original tackles those issues. It's like, yeah, here's here are these questions that humanity is going to have to start thinking about answering very soon. And the new one, it's just kind of like, yeah, there's there's robots and there's artificial intelligence and kaboom. Yeah, and like the if correct me if I'm wrong since you just watched it, but and it's been a while for me. Isn't the big deal and the big question? Like, how do we define life? Because isn't there a consciousness in the original film that just came into being in the virtual world? Yes, the the puppet master is the is the enemy in the original movie, and they're fighting against this this AI that just cropped up on the internet that wants to have like physical form. Yeah, life was born in the digital realm. Yeah, and and wants to merge with the major to to experience mortality and death and stuff like that. Like it's totally fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and we get course, evolution. They attempt at that with the in this one. There's there is some mention of you know evolving beyond humans. And, yeah, but it's but it's, it's a backwards look at it all. Yeah, it's and not, it's, and really it's not done as yeah, it is clumsy. It's not as as well done as the original. Well, but I, I think if you're gonna make it into a a movie that's aimed at kids and you're not going to expect much of your audience. I don't think that they did a really terrible job of no. adjusting the material. I just, I, I found it. That's where it becomes clumsy is, is adjusting the material is you've, you've changed the story completely, but you still have to thread it through these familiar ghost in the shell moments. So, mm-hmm. okay, let's take this new plot 
like remove the plot from Ghost in the Shell, but keep all of the action sequences, keep all these cool parts and maybe characters. remix them, replay, place them at different spots. But we're making a new plot line to thread through all of these existing sequences. We can maybe just move them. It's literally a remix, like in every shape yeah. of of the of the word. Yeah, they took they took everything that made Ghost in the Shell special and created a sort of paint by numbers new action movie. movie. Yeah, which I don't I don't know. I so, don't know if that movie they made works. So here's the question then. Is there any way to do this without just shot for shot, scene for scene, word for word, remaking the original? Well, because you know, we're looking at a, just a different it's a different time now. And so our expectations of what we see, and like when you're talking about your problems with the world building and the, the, the holograms and shit, like we we have to you know come up with something new because if we just caught we either copy it exactly i don't know or what what do we do to make well, it good well, i just i know? just i just watched the 1995 film this morning as as craig you did too mm-hmm. um it correct me if i'm wrong i think this i think the 1995 film is more ahead of its time than this new movie is absolutely like like leaps and bounds like it ventures into the original Ghost in the Shell brings up topics that no movie even bothers, like has any ball, like, balls to, to dip into if you want to get teabagged. <laughs> yeah, like the closest I can think of was uh, Ex Machina. Yeah, I mean, yeah, movies, good, they I don't... handled it so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like with your uh, points there, Red, I'm okay with a scene-to-scene remake of a movie as long as the filmmaker puts their own stamp on it and it's their interpretation of the whole thing. I just don't, I don't want to see a scene for scene shot for shot. I don't want it to just be a full remake. Red, I, you're worried about a Watchmen situation right now, I think, right? Is that is that kind of where you're coming from? Like, they, they could have just watchmen this shit and just made a just carbon copy that is... Well, Watchmen, they changed the ending entirely and it, it sucked. Yeah. It didn't... Like, I mean, they were like, well, you can't do that in a movie. It's yeah, not yeah. a comic book. Well, the giant space squid would have looked weird. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but everything else in that movie looks totally normal. Um, so, guys. You show the dog getting, dogs getting I, shot. I up. love the giant space squid. I wanted it so bad. Yeah. Um, the opening credits of Ghost in the Shell 2017, I think, are fucking awesome. Yep. Mesmerizing. Well, like. That- Mirroring Speaking of shot for shot remake, very yeah. close to what we got in the original. We yeah. get similar a remix of the original theme. I liked the music in this. Actually. Yeah, the music and the sound I loved in this movie. I mean, it helped going to see it in the Ultra AVX Dolby, okay. whatever it is. Yeah, it feels good. The 3D is really good in it. Um, <clears throat> did you guys notice that we get a double title drop? It. Yeah, the little it says "Ghost in the Shell" small uh, font on I the said, right. I said this is some understated credit sequence. Yeah. I dig this. Just you know, Scarlett Johansson, "Ghost in the Shell," but then then at the end of that <laughs> sequence, "Ghost in the Shell," big fat. It kind of seemed like someone forgot they had that little title in there and just left it. I in don't the know. It, and then we yeah, we do get a start screen. You know, press a button to start uh, "Ghost in the Shell" the video game. Um. I mean, this is some of the best eye candy I've ever seen. Would you, at least from a sci-fi perspective, like I've, I've like never the seen. The production design is second to none. It's like Blade Runner territory. Yeah. How good are the um, the fucking wedge-shaped, like like sports cars? Like <laughs> I, every single one of them looks like uh, like 
concept cars from 1978. Oh yeah, they're like wicked Toyota Supras. They're just little like, triangles, and they fuck. I love all of them. The they're Fox Saito's car is my favorite. <clears throat> I really, I really want some. Like, get me the vehicle crew. Drive me up one you of those. You gotta look up Big Dan and uh, ask him about the vehicles in this, because I'm sure that Saito's vehicle is a real car. Oh yeah, and all of that stuff was built, I think, by Weta Workshop, the uh, the Lord of the Rings guys in New Zealand, right? Um, I can get one of those cars then. <clears throat> you can't. But I mean, the original movie—that's ha- where they all come from. They're just like a weird retro look to everything, um, and that's what I like about if you're making a futuristic movie, you gotta go fucking weird. You gotta be different. weird. Be different. Be super weird, man. Like, if, especially if we're deep into the future, like this is maybe like two. It's actually, twenty twenty nine. Are, are right? these designs yeah. that weird though, based on when the original manga was written? Well, I just because they're they I, seem retro. I mean, like you want to do stuff that is just unfamiliar, right? Where characters and styles and and daily routines are super unfamiliar. Perfect example is the major goes and meets this prostitute, I guess, and and she has like a strange. Is it a dental dam? What the fuck is on her face? She she has it's like this, a silver, it's like a facial decoration. It's just like this is what we wear as makeup in the future. It's this this like plastic circular sticky like mat that's on my face. I mean, I, the Fifth Element did a lot of cool stuff. Like is, Tupperware head. Tupperware, like, <laughs> Gary Oldman as a. Zorg just has a weird fucking container on his head for no reason. Like that, if if you're making a futuristic movie, just don't go Terry Gilliam on my ass. No, but, yeah, go uh, Terry Gilliam, man. No, man. Zero Theorem was awesome. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Matt Damon suits where he's just blending into chairs and shit. Amazing. Yeah. So the garbage men sequence, one of my favorite parts of the original movie, and yeah. we spend a lot of time there. Um, in that you have these two dudes are delivering gar- or you know picking up garbage and one of the guys is making these these hacking calls every time they pass a payphone um and then oh i'm doing these hacks to find out what my wife is up to she's cheating on me i want to see my daughter i haven't seen her in years uh but he's sorry he's being ghost hacked by the puppet master in the original in yep. this i th- you didn't find that effective in this I mean, it's the scene of him in the cell. They combine the characters, right? Yeah, yeah. The scene of him being questioned, interrogated, I thought really underlined or underscored. The interrogation scene was really cool. And that's very similar to the original, right? Where where we find out that this man has, uh, you know, lived alone for 10 years. Um, I think spending more time with that garbage, with these two dudes in that sequence would allow us to develop more sympathy for this character. Because all of a sudden I'm supposed to care about this like seemingly like strung out drug addict yeah, kind of guy. Yeah, like a thug. Yeah, he's like. That's why it doesn't work. Because in the original, they're two different characters, right? Well, it would have made more. He's just being used. I would have liked it more if they didn't show the two of them get hacked. Because yeah. in the original, we don't see them get hacked. They they they're just they're already, already are. They're already doing. They're already under the influence. So then finding out that everything that he thinks he is is a lie has more impact whereas in this you see he's hacked and taken over i don't know it, it didn't yeah and, and then it's this it's an obligation right we and now we have to chase this guy into the river and now we have to kick his ass in this in two inches of water and you know do all the cool shit that everyone is here they paid the tickets for um 
yeah, like I said, Julia Pinoche. You guys like her? She's the the doctor Dr. character. Lillette. Yeah, she she's good. I thought she was a there for like a motherly kind of character. It, she has to be a little bit tortured, you know, because she's the one, you know, maybe wiping memories and trying to do this again and again, and you know, you never know. And but she did it ninety eight times. She's a fucking yeah. She's, piece of she's shit. fully complicit in everything right? that's been going yeah. down. You'd feel bad, pre- like probably faster again. One of my major problems with this movie is it, it, it's, this is such a generic plot. Now it just becomes such a, a standard shocker thriller of, oh, my God, can you imagine if some shady corporation made you and abused you and used you in such a horrific way? And wouldn't let's just like, get pissed off with us and let's get revenge. So it's kind of like just Total Recall with... This isn't a Ghost robots. in the Shell movie. This is Total Recall with... Yeah. With uh, Colin Farrell. Androids. Yeah. This, this, this feels... Yeah. Like, we've snapped on the Ghost in the Shell skin onto a different movie. Do androids dream of electric sheep? Um, like, I appreciate that they wanted to do something new and not do a straight adaptation. I feel like I'm kind of being a brat. And I'm asking well, for... I feel like if they were going to do that, they, they should have gone farther. They did not go far enough with the newness of it. No, like the, the story elements they incorporated from other stories in Ghost in the Shell and throwing them into this main plot, they, it just messed it all up. Again, it's a script. Like they, they didn't write those two to mesh very well together, which pisses me off. Yeah. Like what they were focused way more on. Let's just make this look awesome. I mean, I guess everyone has to do acid and watch this movie. I, I mean that. I don't know. You guys had Dude, major problems. There's, there's the sequence in the original. She does dive down to the bottom of the bay and just sort of chill out and gather herself. She's in a scuba suit. Yeah. The major does. She just sort of gathers herself at the bottom of the seaweed. In this one, there's sweet jellyfish everywhere, just That's lighting up. Sweet. I mean, for no other reason that it just looks fucking awesome. Yeah, bioluminescent yeah, there were a lot jellyfish. of scenes in this movie that were just... They, they put them in there just because it looks really fucking just, cool. There's a part where one character uh, maybe takes a bullet and falls backwards into a... Uh, giving them, giving it, away all the good no, spots. No, I don't know about that. There's there's just a... Wa- oh, an Inception style... Yeah, it's slower, though. It's. I found it so indulgent and ridiculous. Like, why did we need this? But beautiful. And that's, that's why, why and that it's there. overrode everything for me. Like okay. all these, you know, issues you guys had. I didn't find the script to be that bad. I didn't have take issue with really any of the plot points. It was some clumsy dialogue. Really trying to make sure that the young people seeing this movie understand what they're talking about when they talk about a ghost and a shell and doing so frequently and you know, really hitting it over the head. But the themes were this, you know, close to the same, maybe a little bit of a more shallow look at things, but they were there. And Scarlett Johansson looked amazing. Uh, Along with everything else, this movie was so beautiful that I had no problem. I I enjoyed myself very much. I can, I can actually go along with you there. I didn't, I mean, you guys would probably agree with me. At no point in this movie were you not having a great oh, yeah. time. I, I loved watching the whole thing. Right? So, I mean, to Red's point, like, that's that's good entertainment, I guess. I mean, it, it's because, for me, and, I, and you guys, too, the, I, the original is so sacred and is so perfect. Um, 
Yeah, like it, it was revolutionary. Without and Ghost in the Shell and other anime films like it, the Matrix, the Matrix wouldn't exist. Absolutely it right. Yeah, it, it's it's. I think Ghost in the Shell it might be more influential than Akira. Uh, I mean, it's arguable. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's it's, it's just it's, it's such an important piece yeah. that I, the whole time I couldn't shut my brain off. And I, I wish I'd be very curious to know. Um, what it would feel like for somebody to go into this movie having the, never seen just anything. having I don't know anything about this shit because I think they would they'd love it. It's pretty cool, man. It's got like cool weaponry, cool uh, tech, cool giant holograms. Can we cool talk fight sequences? Can we talk about how cool Bato Bato is? Oh man, of do, course. Do you guys? Bateau and Saito are the best two guys. Even before Bateau gets his cyber eyes, he looks awesome. Like his hair and shit, he just looks dope. My first thought, cable. (sighs) Yeah. Like as soon as he had white hair and he was normal, I was like, just put a big fucking scar on his face. I mean, it's all gruff. To go to go along with the way Scarlett Johansson walks, the way that Bateau looks like a cartoon character. He looks like a rectangle. He looks like an anime character with like anime hair, right? Like yeah. oh, so much great anime hair in this, but it doesn't look weird and out of place. <laughs> they didn't like go Aramaki, speed racer on you. Like the captain's yeah. weird kind of triangle haircut. Oh, I love it. The fox hair. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're in spoilers, Amazing. right? I mean, or, or, there, there's not no. a heck of a lot. Um, I don't know but, if we have yet. I, I do like the fact that we get... I don't think in any of the literature of ghost in a shell we ever got an origin story for why bateau has cyber eyes yeah i, I, I appreciated that. i thought it was actually not too bad and and they look so fucking awesome let them bond a little bit they're right sweet. the way that they're focusing and they're these intricate little cameras and th- it gives you a little Ill. character development right because he's like you know it's tactical yeah. and then they get this little bonding moment about you know being enhanced together yeah like the implication being that he could have had you know regular normal human looking eyes done but he's like no man I want like the X-ray. Like, yeah, why do I? Yeah. Why do I need that? And, she, yeah. and her eyes are still better than his, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Which I didn't get, but He's, okay. She's basically got the Apple eyes. She's perfect. Oh yeah, she's like a billion dollar machine. He's just like a million. Well, he's the android. Mike, what you had a point? Well, I was just asking: Are we actually past the spoiler part yet, or not? Um, we should now because we talked about well, something. Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably. Uh, I mean. Before we get there, I want to just say I'm really disappointed that there was no ambient, wordless, five-minute montage <laughs> of just the city operating. Like reflections and, and windows. Just, just with weird bells ringing and just for no other reason but just to set the tone. Uh, there, there were a few of those scenes. And again, lifted straight from the original and, like a shot looking straight up at the sky between apartment buildings and mm-hmm. those really fucking cool helicopters with like sort of the bird-like wings. F- slowly, slowly flying slowly over. Slowly drifting yeah. by. And yeah. you see them reflected in the puddles. They nailed the look better than... I mean, if it, it doesn't, it's not a video game, but it's sort of the same idea of like translating something fr- you know, from a different form. And I, I think it's one of the best comic to screen adaptations we've got in terms of or you know nailing the visual look i was really cognizant of this while i watched this movie like i was paying close attention because i i think it's really interesting to look at what can do it better because i'd read you know people saying well you you know animation has ways of doing things that they can't on film and film has ways of doing things you can't in animation and then looking at this pushes the boundaries right well if something has been animated 
the attention that has been put into because because the animation in Ghost in the Shell the original is second to none. So to take something straight from that and then to take the care to convert it into an actual set, you know, the depth and richness that you're going to get from putting that on film is incredible. So that's a really neat experiment. And I loved, I know I've already mentioned, I just think of the steam rising in the kitchen (laughs) sequence. There's That's the spoilers we want to get to, right? There's plenty of other, I'm not going to say more than that. I mean, it happens in a kitchen with tea. Um, There's, there's scenes there's all kinds of things like that, though, where you're you're layering things and you've got color and, and light being played with. And it's just really, really cool. It looked really beautiful. And I, I, the scenes that were really almost copied really looked almost perfect. Okay. We're going to get into spoilers and we're going to bring you down a bit here. Right, Mike? I don't know about that. Can we talk about the fact that they they've actually written the whitewashing in, into the movie into yeah. the plot of the movie? I have thoughts about this. this. Was oh, tell me. Uh, I'm I'm going to throw something out first if you don't mind. Maybe it's the same viewpoint. Who knows? This was such an a lost opportunity. Uh, in what way? Well, so for anyone who's seen the movie, just to clarify, we're talking about the fact that Scarlett Johansson plays Major Mira. I don't know. Killian. Killian. And finds out later that she was originally Motoko Kusanagi. Which is the character we know from the original. From the original Ghost in the Shell. That was her actual name. Isn't it Makoto? Or Makoto? Motoko? Motoko. Motoko. Uh, and so her brain was taken forcibly. She was a street kid and put into the cybernetic body. And they lied to her to control her. Now, this would have been such an interesting way to view racial identity and things like that uh which wasn't in the original in any way but if they were going to add stuff into it would have been perfect to even address the whitewashing controversy going on too um like the corporation decided she was going to be white so she didn't have a choice in staying asian like there's well, the henka was white right mr cutter yeah so so there, there's interesting there's an interesting opportunity here where they could have when do you think they filmed these like, do, do, are these part of reshoots, do you think? That's, That's a really good question, that, actually. It, it really does feel like that was written specifically to allay the concerns of the people who are saying, why the fuck aren't you casting an actual <clears throat> Japanese because, woman as the lead? Yes, I, I think you're definitely right, because they were sharing shots of Scarlett Johansson on set as they were filming, so it it, it is reasonable to believe they might have like corrected course Mm-hmm. As these production photos were hitting the well, web. there was that whole controversy uh, about the executives trying to make her look more Asian after that outcry, oh, yeah. and then deciding that? and deciding not to. But I think that's maybe <laughs> what they mean. Maybe that's what they they, they actually meant. You know, it's like Obi Wan Kenobi. Well, what I told you was true from a certain point of view, <laughs> right? So the, to make her look more Asian, they've done this plot. You know. Like, reversal are, on you that are she they is doing it to, born to a you know an, a Chinese woman or whatever Japanese, Japanese. mother or when it's Newport City where is that they didn't they don't actually it's say never where actually it is. specified okay yeah. yeah in the original it's very clearly and obviously it looks like Japan. Hong, it looks like Hong Kong though right I mean whatever yeah 
But oh. I didn't think that this scene worked. I didn't. Maybe I missed it. I was no, gapping that, out. I think that story did not work. Anyway. Why did we even end up at her house drinking tea at mom's house? Like, how did we even she found out? Well, this made tons of sense. Like, she's found out who she really was, and she wanted to investigate the only connection she had to her past. And she got the address, so she was literally led there via plot to find out who she was. Yeah, I just found this. This was. This is such pedestrian sci-fi robot. You know, you used to be somebody else. But she doesn't even know. She doesn't even understand why she's there. But I mean, I thought it was handled nicely. Yeah, but the movie's leaning into this twist of like, what if you thought that you had this past that you didn't really have? I mean, I I know the original does that, but that's not what it's about. But like with this whole issue with her ethnic background, it's it's secondary. are, Are they trying to make a point about? The whitewashing with that, because if that's what they're doing, you don't make that point by just doing it. Yeah, is, yeah. is 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 Hanka like robotics like Hollywood? Or, like, are they a metaphor for? Yeah, because like the robotic company white doing took a, <laughs> a Japanese, a Japanese girl character and made her and a white girl. forced it into a white character, and that's it's why I think so there was weird. so much potential here. But they just were like, "Hey, well, this is how we'll explain stuff." And it made things worse. This is fucking like now, spoilers for Get Out right I, uh, now. Like this is a straight up Get Out situation. It uh, kind of is. Yeah. Brain swapping. But also, uh, kind of devil's advocate here, probably this movie would not have been able to get made if they didn't have a Scarlett major Johansson. star like Scarlett Johansson That's as been the a lead. From the whole time, yeah. So without her, the movie might not exist. And yeah. Yeah, that's always, that's hard to say. Well, what um, we need is Hollywood to produce more diverse superstars. And then, like, we don't yeah. have any Asian American superstars. That's, Han from Fast and the Furious. Yeah, like He's we're dead. seeing a lot of American stars show up in you know a lot of Asian films, like Matt Damon in The Great Wall. Yeah, we like, need the reverse of that. Yeah, like that's the sort of that's the level of diversity that Hollywood is. Yeah. I mean, the, right I, I don't know if Scarlett Johansson even really works here. There's not much to work with either. Well, oh, she, she works all right. Well, she works. I, I, I she want, does work it. I, wanna, I was very happy with she, her. She in this works movie. it. I, I know clear, she works. Well, it. I she's walking something. away in that suit. Since we're still talking about this scene, I did not like how they handled this. And once again, it goes back to the writing. But I did enjoy the scene itself. With this, the steam and the whole interplay with her mom and her realizing who she was, I liked that. I just didn't like the way that it was written, really. I didn't like it because I didn't like where the movie was going. Mm. Yeah. The hug at the end sucks. Like, that didn't have to... Happen. I just... I didn't like where we were going. This is so standard shit. Um, but then, of course, we're, we're, we're plummeting towards a Robotank finale... You can't get out of a Ghost in the Shell movie without a giant spider tank. Spider tank. Um, I didn't like any of this. It didn't work for me at all. I mean, you, you get her ripping her arms out. That's a great visual. Doesn't look, it doesn't look as good as it does in the cartoon. It's though. so much yeah, like more. You compare those scenes. Where like her muscles are side. tearing. Oh, it, it, it really is uncomfortable and horrible to watch this robot. The effort in itself. And anguish. And like, yeah. Uh, See, and again, on that scene... 
they tried to have a greatest greatest hits thing going on with what's it Kudza Kud, Kudas, 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 yeah Michael Michael Pitt Michael Pitt's character who I I kind of liked the character even though they didn't do much with him well he's just he was wronged by the corporation yeah. and he wants revenge right exactly. he doesn't want to transcend he's not this being who was born on the internet and wants to transcend but his he existence. created a network but he looks cool to. and he sounds like Google he's so emo <laughs> man he he went to like Robo. Robo Evil School? No, just like a hot topic for robots or something. His voice box is broken. It sounded sounded like a speak and spell. I thought that was pretty sweet. (laughs) But um, my issue here is he is a stand-in for the major in this final scene where he gets disabled early on and then the tank has its little claw come out to start crushing his head. Yeah, that's happening to the major. That happens to the major. Yeah. And here's my issue with that. The only reason that was happening is she had done some major damage to this tank, hadn't she, at this point? And then it... Oh, yeah. Like maybe it was out of ammo or so I don't remember. Someone uh, uh, bateau uses the uh, the high velocity ammo on it. Well, that gets rid of it, but like she tears herself up, falls to the ground, and then it picks her up and starts crushing her yeah. head. In this, why didn't he just shoot the dude in the face where his gun was pointed oh, yeah. at the okay. tank? Yeah. And why, why did he have to do the whole? Hey, remember this from Ghost in the Shell, the animated movie? <laughs> Grab onto his face. And start slowly. Well, they couldn't because it was Hank, a robotics guy, driving it, and he was like consumed with rage and <laughs> more focused on we also, exacting revenge than in actually being efficient. And we also can't scratch up Scarlett Johansson's beautiful face because you guys can smell the stench of sequel setup. It's it's coming in right. The sequels setup is wafting in right now. I actually now. don't know. I had to leave the theater in the last two minutes. So did they set up a, a sequel? It feels like they are. and, and it's, it, it's It would be very easy to do one. The, because they, they end with the classic superhero you know, ending setup where you have shots of rooftops and we're floating over and yeah. the, 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 the hero is narrating like, this is where I am in my place in the world and I figured it out. And it's like the book. It is the book end. It, it's your classic like uh, Tobey Maguire spider-man ending right where you you they, they leap at the camera and we cut to credits i mean we get a nice little john cena no this well this is literally the bookend right like it starts and ends the same with the same jumping off of the roof except the difference is you know she's fully empowered at the end and she gets mm-hmm. you know she you are you are per, permission to engage kind of thing does she and does uh, she have a rope this time because that shit's gonna get dangerous no but i think i don't need to really know why, doesn't matter. how she does it without the rope <laughs> And I, cool. I hate to compare it back to the original again, but at the end of that, she's she actually dies and is reborn into like a young girl's body and now has to sort of... She's actually merged with the puppet master. Yeah. Uh, and she's off to explore this whole new Digital frontier. World. Yeah, she, I can now go on the internet whenever I want. Techno society. Well, anyone could do that. And actually, I missed that in yeah. this. They, they, they had a golden opportunity to show people out in field doing stuff, but then also being in a digital conference room at the same time, having a meeting. Like, that's what I loved about the original was all this. Yeah. And they're talking to each other. Multitask in their, in shit happening. Yeah. In like, and they're, they've got their virtual avatars talking to one another in, in their chat room. Yeah. It's pretty, <laughs> and then, of course, you got the awesome cans that open up and you have 50,000 fingers typing oh yeah that's dope although the chat room stuff may only be in the comics i don't think it was in um the movie yeah it doesn't help that as soon as the credits start rolling we get the original theme music rolling in and then you go oh that's what i wanted they are are begging you to compare it to the original they they are it's it's, even though the two movies have completely opposite themes but what a like what an unfair reminder of what 
what is out there. Like, are they opposite though? Yeah. The themes? Because like in okay, the the new version, mm-hmm. the whole the basic theme comes down to it's not your thoughts and your memories that make that defines who you are. It's your actions. In the original, it's explicitly stated that it you know physical reality has nothing to do with who you are. It's all your experiences and memories and thoughts. And the original like, has the puppet master trying to get out, and this one is Michael Pitt's character trying to get basically in, basically trying to become the puppet master. Yeah, yeah. It, like they're they're two movies that look almost exactly the same, but they're saying opposite things. It's it, it, a yeah. really weird, excellent distance. observation. I it, like it. It's just strange that we get dumped out into such a different end result, but we've jumped through the same hoops. It's it's it's, it's, it's fucked weird. up. It's fucked up. Um, it's pretty amazing how they've done that. Uh, and it it's just the 1995 film is way too good to yeah. It's just too good to just stand have this one stand on its own mm-hmm. unless you haven't seen it, which if you haven't, maybe just watch it instead. Let us know what the 2K17 version does for you, guys. Ratings, final thoughts. Red, you're you're so warm on this. Yeah, Please like give it. us two ratings. Rate the T the T sequence on its own, and then the whole movie. <laughs> no, because that's the only one that really just springs to mind. There are many were, many was scenes it really that were dusty? as beautiful. Did, did you get super dusty in the theater no, during nothing? The t- nothing to do with the emotional, like or the dialogue in that scene. Even just you it just was wanted just a cup of tea. Visuals, or? just that. Like I was looking at the steam. It looks like chalk. <laughs> you know, like someone drew that He's with chalk. Obsessed. Yeah, there was other sequences, too, that looked really cool, all right? <laughs> Give me a break. So what is this out of 10 for you? Um, this one, I mean, it's not going to be as high as the original would be, of course, but it's a strong 7 out of 10 for me. Okay. I don't think I'm coming in much lower. That actually seems reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Craig? Uh, well, I, I think I have to give this two separate ratings. Like, one, just it's standing on its own. I would, I'd probably give it a 6.5, mm-hmm. but with my knowledge and love for the original i i think five would be generous wow Ooh, yeah okay that's fair so that's his that's his objective and subjective rating yeah, yeah, i like yeah. we used to do that i like that so what are we averaging that no i think those are two distinct points of view <laughs> i like it so if, if you're looking for an official score i don't know pick your favorite <laughs> pick whichever one works for you yeah. i like it uh mike yeah, um, there was a lot of cool shots in this movie. It looked good, but I just was not super engaged in what was happening with the story and the characters. But man, that bar scene was pretty cool, where Bateau just wrecks a bunch of oh, dudes. Oh man, dude! Like I had the I had a ball watching this whole thing. Right? You um, can't deny how much fun your eyeballs they get licked and. Just it's visually on. on. It's visually nearly as entertaining as the first. Nearly. Yes, I agree with that. But I have a lot of issues with how they changed the story and Big as time. Craig said, reversed it. Yeah. Um. So it's a six for me. <sighs> yeah, I think I'm with you there. It's, it's a six for me as well. the The story just doesn't have the same impact. It it is more of a cookie cutter, as you revenge of the c- cyborg thing. Like it's. It's not saying much that's special. That's what I really found so disappointing about it. I mean, but again, it works on its own. I wish you I wish you could strip off all the ghost in the shell stuff, but then I don't know what you're left with. You know? I mean, it 
if you just make a weird robo cyborg revenge movie, as you said, it's which you, I would be totally down fine. For but you, then you have to take away every single yeah. cool thing that makes it. Yeah, it would be too hard to come up with your own world and your own backstory. <laughs> this is a lazy... So this, they didn't really do a remake of Ghost in the Shell yet. They did a, a remix cover, maybe a mashup. You know, not a mashup. You know what it is? It's, it's like very It's a carbon copy, copy but it's, it's the negative, actually. It's like Ooh. when you hold it up and... Oh, and fuck. They've, or, they've, or is it like Robotech? So if, Macross. If you, if you play both movies if you play the 1995 film and the new film side by side do they cancel each other out if you like layer them over top yeah, and just, play them at the same time they're polarized guys if you agree or de agree de agree yeah if, if you're degree if you're degreeing uh let us know what your thoughts are on ghost in the shell if you agree or disagree well, with first, our takes first you should regree yeah and then yeah exactly and then get on the check, gmail check the movie out I, I i want you to see the movie if you don't know what ghost in the shell even is that that's what i'm most interested in you'll find out r- quickly because i think you will really dig what it is if you're just a sci-fi fan but i don't know how you would have missed yeah. jits in 95 or unless since. you're it's been a couple years yeah you old. might it's, have heard of it's it it's on netflix right now isn't it i don't no. think so oh, okay there's uh, a, an amazing. Three of the movies are. Oh right, but not the original. There's an amazing uh, steelbook out for Ghost in the Shell, yes, the original from uh, Mondo. Mondo, yes, it looks Some pretty cool so art on cool. there. It looks Again. yummy and amazing, and it's about fifty dollars. But who gives a fuck? Uh, it, it's an important work of science fiction. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unlike two K seventeen jits. Yeah. Which uh, is maybe not necessary. <laughs> Next week on the show. We are reviewing the Discovery on Netflix, guys. Robert Redford figured out there's an afterlife. This looks really interesting. I'm but, I'm excited. Yeah, there might be some serious repercussions if you figured that out. Everybody is going peace, which is probably what would happen. Yeah, fucking scary. Uh, this movie's not actually getting great reviews, so I'm curious to know what happens. We will see. Uh, but in the meantime, viewers, you can check it out. It's already on Netflix. It's ready to go. So join us, and it'll be like a book club. Except yep. It's like a movie yep. club. Already. And it's the Vertical oh. Viewing Film Club. Okay, you're freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> a little frog in my throat, too. <clears throat> that is it. Uh, where can we find you guys on the internet? What's going on? Uh, what is going on? You could find me, if you were looking for me, at Jared underscore Sergeant okay. on Twitter. All right. Um, you post uh, some art, don't you? Yeah, I've got an Instagram. Uh, it's Craig underscore Sprat underscore Art. It's really cool, and there's cats. And also, I have. Oh, you want to check out my portfolio? It's Craig Sprat Art dot Squarespace dot com. Nice. Uh, I'm looking for film work, so if you have a job for me, give it to <laughs> nice. me. Nice. Done and done. Uh, you can find me on the internet in my whirlwind of inactivity. <laughs> Uh, Michael R. Lind on Twitter and M. Lind at Letterboxd, which I'm going to start. I swear, I say this every time. It'll happen. It will happen. It'll happen. I mean, once you get started, it's pretty addictive. Uh, I think that's what I'm afraid of. Guys, I got news for you. I got... I started using Inbox Zero, so my productivity has increased. Come on, fuck off! So I'm going to. Uh, I don't I'm care about your time for letter, for Letterbox. Don't you know? sell me nice. your Google products, man. It's not a product; it's just a way to sort your email. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Wilson BC. Uh, you can follow me on Letterbox. Please do it. Hey. At Scott Wilson, two L's. Please do it, Mike. Double L's. Um, 
Patreon.com slash vertical viewing. It's a thing, everybody. Lithium, hydrogen, or? Hydrogen, helium, helium. lithium. lithium. I like to go the hacks uh, machete order when I say them. Oh, you want to to do machete order? Confuse people. Uh, Yeah, one, two, or three dollars a month. Reoccurring subscription in U.S. dollars. I should point that out. Don't be surprised. I don't want you going, what? You get some decimals happening in your bill. me, and they told me this. Ah, that sucks. One dollar American can help us keep the lights on. It's and a thousand Canadian dollars. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if you want to help us offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, renting off slices of the internet, the internet costs a lot. It's really sugary, gooey pie that you. We actually use one of those cheese slicers, like one of those. Oh, cool! And we pull it along the side of where we've already cut a slice off. We just shave slices of internet pie. Ah, I like it. Okay. There was, they were like paper thin. We jam it in your ears every week, free of charge. But if you like what we do, and uh, you want access to exclusive content, like our Nightcrawler review. Yes, our Bitco- Bitcoin discussion. Love it, man. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. You get exclusive episodes there. Access to the vertical viewing vault. Super fun stuff. Some uh, cool videos and, we, and stuff. We will be doing more exclusive episodes just for you guys uh yeah so is there any final thoughts beat Takeshi man oh man beat Takeshi he's so cool his line about the fox he dumps a bunch of bullets out of his gun don't send a rabbit to kill a fox and they drop in a vertical direction his car is the best his tick is so intimidating no I'm not